How do you stand out in a world that is so different from the one that you have grown accustomed to? I'm asking you this question and I'm encouraging you, if you can please comment in the comment section below so that we can get to hear your heart and so that we can also get to know your experiences of how the Lord has blessed you and walked with you even as you navigated the unfamiliar terrains of your life. I remember coming to Manila when I was a wide-eyed young provinciano, very much thick in my Waray-Waray accent, very much clueless about Manila commute, and super broke at that because my dad was ill and my mom was literally the single parent that was trying to raise us up. The temptation for me to fit in in that great university was greatest, and that's why fraternity was a very much strong allure to a young man like me. And I was ushered in to a value system that were both good and bad. I was ushered into a company where I made my best of friends and also my worst nemesis. You see, tough times contest the real core of people. A few days back, our president announced that Cebu City will still be in an extended enhanced community quarantine while we here in Manila or the NCR, we are still going to be under GCQ at least until July 15 or as will be announced. Tough times are upon us, my friends. Though we would like to gather physically and see each other in our in-person gatherings, we cannot do that just yet. How do we respond to tough times like this? Let us pray for our brethren for the rest of the nations. Thank you, Lord, for your sustaining grace. Because we know, Lord, that in times when things don't make sense and all the other institutions and pillars that we have been counting on to save us are now failing us. Today, Lord, you remind us to lift our eyes and ask, where does our help come from? Our help comes from you alone. And so today, Lord, we pray for your grace to be upon our brethren in Cebu, the rest of the Visayas, and the rest of the nation, and the nations of the world, so that, Lord, in tough times like this, when we are being shaken to the core of who we are as a people, your grace shall be the one to sustain us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We are now in the second month of our sermon series called Life in the Hand of the Master. When life is put on the anvil and things are painful and things are uncertain, we just praise God that in these times we know it is the Master that holds us in the powerful hand that is purposive and always intending for the best of His children. Today we also welcome our Lighthouse Regions family who are now in sync with us in our Sunday service. These men and women of the Lord in our regions that are taking the mantle of leadership so that the gospel of the Lord shall be preached in the nation of the Philippines. I would like to greet Pastor Alex Perez along with South Metro Congregation of Lighthouse. Pastor Melchor Cavero of our Lighthouse Isabella. Pastor Toto Balicuatro of our Lighthouse Mamburao, 
Pastor Jemsi, Galliardo of Lighthouse TE, AJ, AJ Texon of Dumaguete, Mayong Buntag, Mayong Adlao Kaninyong Tanan sa mga Bisaya, Pastor Rodel Lopez of Bicol, Marangal, Marahingal daw sa Indugabos, Pastor Jun Caparos of Bacolod, salamat, Geda, na imong kita, nawang atong service karon. Jerome Cepeda of Santa Rosa, Pastor Jerome, thank you for all that you do, Pastor Toto Grama of Lighthouse Bacoor, Pastor Mike Saluta of Lighthouse Batangas, Pastor Lawrence of Balansay, Alvin Ternate of Armado, Pastor Edward Umali of Calamba, Pastor Gypsy Hilario of Lighthouse Antipolo, Pastor Zell of La Trinidad, Pastor Renante of Lighthouse Urdeneta, Pastor Marfil of Quirino, and Pastor Jomel of our Lighthouse Newport in Pasay. Friends, I honor this man and woman of the Lord, may isang pastora po tayo, because they are the ones being used by the Lord so that in these times we call VUCA, volatile times, uncertain times, complex moments, and ambiguous environments, these pastors of ours from all over the Philippines are the ones used by the Lord so that the gospel of the Lord shall be declared to the Filipinos. I appreciate you, my brothers and my sisters. Unto you, Lighthouse family, Citygate family, we can only agree that the times we are living in right now presents to us an environment that demands that we react quickly to ongoing changes. Changes that are very much unpredictable and very much out of control. Shall we get out of the MGCQ or the GCQ by July 15? We don't know yet. These are uncertain times. We are forced to take actions without certainty that really our efforts will come to fruition. Very much complex. And that's why interdependencies are very much the rule of the day. And very much ambiguous, mind you. Because these are things that are unfamiliar and beyond our expertise. So for the month of July, in our Life in the Hand of the Master series, we entitle this sermon series for the next four Sundays, Dare to Stand Out in a VUCA environment. How do we take the lessons from the book of Daniel and make it applicable to the current realities that we are now facing? VUCA environment. One young man were telling, was telling his friends, he said, Pare, I just had the most awful time. First, I got an angina pectoris, and then I got arteriosclerosis, and I was just recovering. I got psoriasis. Then they gave me the hypodermics, and to top it all, tonsillitis was followed by appendectomy. All his friends were shocked and said, wow, how did you pull through? And the young man said, I don't know, but that was the toughest spelling test I ever had in my life. Today, we're going to talk about young men, smart young men, but they were subjected to the toughest test of their lives, and yes, of their faith, and yet, they stood out in their generation. We're going to learn a lot of lessons from the book of Daniel. So, please open your Bibles now to the book of Daniel, moms, dads, nanay, tatay, make sure that on Sunday services, online like this, that the Bibles are ever before your children. 
so that we fall in love with the counsel of the Lord even by the mere reading of it. Why don't you stand up? Yes, right now, in your homes. Come on, stretch those muscles. Stand up right now. Open your Bibles, whether in your cell phones or in your actual books. And let's go to Daniel chapter 1. I'll be reading for you the New King James Version. So maybe if you have three kids, one kid will read a new slide every time I shift it. Are you ready? Let's read this out loud. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand with some of the articles of the house of God, which he carried into the land of Shinar to the house of his God. And he brought the articles into the treasure house of his God. And then the king instructed Ashpenaz, the master of his eunuchs, to bring some of the children of Israel and some of the king's descendants and some of the nobles, young men in whom there was no blemish, but good-looking, gifted in all wisdom, possessing knowledge and quick to understand, who had ability to serve in the king's palace, and whom they might teach the language and literature of the Chaldeans. And the king appointed for them a daily provision of the king's delicacies and of the wine which he drank, and three years of training for them, so that at the end of the time they might serve before their king. Now from among those of the sons of Judah were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. To them the chief of the eunuchs gave names. He gave Daniel the name Belteshazzar, to Hananiah, Shadrach, to Mishael, Meshach, and to Azariah, Abednego. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with a portion of the king's delicacies, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the chief of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Now God had brought Daniel into the favor and goodwill of the chief of the eunuchs. And the chief of the eunuchs said to Daniel, I fear, my lord, the king who has appointed your food and drink, for why should he see your faces looking worse than the young men who are your age? Then you would endanger my head before the king. And so Daniel said to the steward whom the chief of the eunuchs had set over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, please test your servants for 10 days and let them Give us vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then let our appearance be examined before you and the appearance of the young men who eat the portions of the king's delicacies. And as you see fit, so deal with your servants. And so he consented with them in this matter and tested them ten days. And at the end of ten days, their features appeared better and fatter in flesh than all the young men who ate the portion of the king's delicacies. And thus the steward took away their portion of delicacies and the wine that they were to drink and gave them vegetables. And as for these four young men, God gave them knowledge and skill in all literature and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. Now at the end of the days, 
When the king had said that they should be brought in, the chief of the eunuchs brought them in before Nebuchadnezzar. And then the king interviewed them, and among them all, none was found like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Therefore they served before the king. And in all matters of wisdom and understanding, about which the king examined them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and astrologers who were in all his realm. And thus Daniel continued until the first year of King Cyrus. These are magnificent examples. These young men were magnificent exemplifications of how it is to stand out in a volatile, uncertain, complex, ambiguous environment. For me, the story of Daniel and Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego are very much close to my heart because from the moment I was called by the Lord to be a pastor in Lighthouse, the ministry that has been assigned to me by the Holy Spirit and by my senior pastor then, Pastor Albert Clavo, is marketplace ministry. As I was in the world of the corporate and business myself before becoming a pastor, I found myself that marketplace is the heart of the nation. For what nation can survive without the government, without the academe, and without the commercial centers? No matter how bad the government might seem to be, no nation can ever function without a semblance of the government, without the academe to teach our young children what will prepare them for their future responsibilities. Without the companies that will make money, how can we finance the accomplishments of our ends as a people? But you see, the problem of many people, most of all the Christians, is this. We have come to perceive that the marketplace, that place, that workplace, that secular world that is set apart from the church has been tagged, has been boxed in as a place of vipers and traitors and of materialistic orientations. And therefore, many people have come to think that the marketplace or the secular world is not a place to do ministry on because we feel like money matters defile us as people of the Lord, where it is a dog-eat-dog -dog competition, where morals are checked out of the doors of the companies. I remember a story, two competitors found a bottle and voila, there was a genie. And the genie talked to person number one, one wish for you. And the genie said, but be careful, whatever you wish, your competitor will get double. And person number one without batting an eyelash said, make my one eye blind. That's the kind of world we live in. We want our competitors to be blinded so that we can have the upper hand in everything. So how do we be the beacons that Christ is calling us to be? How do we insert our spiritual discussion in a place that is otherwise averse, if not resistant, if not antagonistic to the Christian worldview? Another question is, is Christianity really relevant in today's time? Is it really practical? Or is it just a religion that is confined to a few minutes of our Sundays so that we can have some encouragement from the priest, the pastors, or the minister, so that we can enter into this mode of cleansing from the defeats and the sins that we have committed the past few six days. But then after that, 
it literally is irrelevant for the next coming six days of the week. We call this dichotomy, ang paghihiwalay ng secular at ng spiritual. And we think that we cannot be both, we cannot be good in both areas because it's like East and West, church and secular world can never meet. The challenge for us Christians is to stand out so that we can bridge the gap and bring the gospel of Jesus into this world that so badly needs it. I'm talking to you, corporate guy. I'm talking to you, businessman. This message is more for you than it is for my fellow pastors that are watching. Not everyone is called to serve and to work full-time in a church like I do. But I believe 99% of us, you are called to be an engineer, to be a lawyer, to be a BPO employee, to be an artist. How do you bring Jesus? And how do you stand out in an environment where, number one, you are a minority, Number two, that you could be subjected to ridicule and discrimination. Pag naging Christian ka, pag ka, or the moment you profess your faith in God, you will be put under closer scrutiny. Nagkakaroon ng double standards ang mundo. Such that whenever you are a professing Christian, people will now hold you with greater accountability. Akala ko Kristiyano ka. Di ba nagbabasa ka ng Bible? Now, instead of resenting these double standards, I believe God can position us as He is now positioning us to stand out so that through our lives, the rest of the world can get to know our Jesus. This is the context of the book of Daniel. These are young men, the whole of, who for all of a sudden, they found out their nation was being besieged by the Babylonians. But these young men grew up in a very protected environment. They were from a royal privileged family. Their pedigree was that of the king's seeds and royalty. They were seasoned in Hebrew training and they were very much inoculated and imbued with the principles of Judaism. But all of a sudden, in just a flick of a finger, the invaders came. And now they were shackled in chains and they were brought into this foreign nation. And now they were truncated. They were separated. They were strange from their families. And maybe they are mourning from the death that they suffered because of the conquering Babylonians. And not only that, they were now co-opted, coerced, and they were now being forced to adopt the culture and the ways of life, and yes, the religion of their conquerors. Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, they all knew, these young men knew, that as always in life, it's always going to be a battle for the minds and for the hearts. And yes, young people, the stomachs. Because whoever controls these three areas, the way you think, the way you feel, and your appetites, whoever controls you in these areas will control you for the rest of your existence. The Babylonians knew this. They got the best of the best, the cream of the crop of Israel. 
the most handsome, the most unblemished young man, the one that had innate aptitude in science and language and culture. And they were now to be seasoned in the Babylonian way so that their colonization will be permanent. I, I remember my history teacher in college telling us that Spaniards and Americans were two different colonizers of the Philippines. The Spaniards colonized us for 300 years. The Americans colonized us politically for only 50 years. But why is it, he would say, that the Americans seem to have a greater, more permanent hold of the Filipino psyche? And the reason is obvious. The Spaniards might have been here for a longer time, but the Spaniards kept us in the dark. They did not teach us their language. Only the Ilustrados could learn Spaniol. They forbade us in reading the Bible. It was forbidden for the lowly massa to read the Christian Bible. Even the priests, when the priests would do their Catholic Mass, his back would be upon the people. Nakatalikod sa tao. And the Mass would be pronounced or would be um, orated in Spanish or in Latin. People were kept in the dark. So even for 300 years, people did not embrace the Spanish culture. But the Americans were different. When they came here and took over after the Treaty of Paris, the Americans sent not soldiers, but teachers, the Thomasites. They did not build garrisons, they built schools. And they now mandated that all Filipinos be taught in English the language of the colonizers. And they put in place the civil service so that people coming from the academy and now entering into civil service, they will now follow, they would now follow the ways of the Americans. Don't you wonder that until today, we are called little brown Americans? The language that I'm using right now is English. Don't you wonder that until today our schools still sing Jack and Jill went up the hill? Don't you wonder that during Christmas season we still sing I'm dreaming of a white Christmas? The Babylonians knew this kind of strategy. Capture their minds, capture their hearts, and yes, capture their stomachs. And that's why they started teaching these young men from Israel, new doctrines, the language, the literatures of the Chaldeans. Ravi Zacharias, God bless his soul, would say, don't show me the history books of your nation. Show me the song books. Because the songs that the nation sings determine where the heart of the citizens lie. New doctrines. They were given new names. Daniel, that literally means God is my judge, was renamed into Belteshazzar. That means Bel, protect my life. Bel is one of the gods of the Chaldeans. Hananiah, that literally means the Lord shows grace. He had been renamed Shadrach. That literally means command of Aku. Aku is one of the deities of the Babylonians. Mishael, that means who is like God has been renamed Meshach. That means, who is as Aku is, meaning I embody 
the nature of this God named Aku. Azariah, that literally meant the Lord is my help, had been renamed Abednego, the servant of Nego, one of the great gods of the Babylonians. How do you stand out when even your very identity is being threatened, was being threatened to be redefined, my friends? But the greatest struggle was that they were being ushered into a new kind of palate, new food, when now they were being ordered that they would partake of the best food and the finest wine of the king's menu. How do you stand out? How do you become different in this volatile, uncertain, complex, ambiguous environment that Daniel and his friends found themselves in? So for today, let me encourage you. If you'd like to stand out, draw the distinction. Young men, young women that are watching today, there's got to be that decision point in your life when you've got to draw that line of resistance, to draw that distinction that no matter what happens to you on the outside, no matter what pressures they put upon you from without, that you already have decided on your non-negotiables, that you already have decided on these things that you would never, ever compromise on. You draw that distinction in your life, and you make that decision beforehand. Not when things get worse, because when you, when you wait for things to get bad, and then and only then will you try to define your set of values, too late, my friend. But now that life is easier, now that we are in the pandemic, now that we are still in quarantine, now that we are waiting for the new normal to finally kick in and we would be allowed to go back to our schools and our companies, now is the moment that we draw the distinction. Moments when we will now decide what is that kind of value or set of values that will define me for the rest of my life. And if it had to take this COVID times for me to redefine it, to galvanize it, to seal it in my heart, then so be it. We consider this a privilege that comes from the Lord. Four areas of distinctions that Daniel and his friends had to draw. Number one, they determined not to defile themselves. Verse 8 would say, even when they were being given this best food in the land, the six-star hotel serving the food of the king Nebuchadnezzar, the finest caviar, the most tasty of beers and wine, the finest sashimis and all of these, hindi pang lalamove lang ngayong quarantine. Ang caterer nila, the best of the best in that land. And yet, Daniel and his friends determined that they would not defile themselves. That they would not allow themselves to be slaves to their appetite. There is so much truth to the saying that the way to the heart is through the stomach. Because when a young man or a woman, if the appetite is being captured, not just in the food that you eat, but appetite meaning your sensuality, what appeals to your eyes, what appeals to your palate, what captures your heart, what makes you palpitate in excitement. For example, my dear Rafa is turning 17 in a few days from now, and she only has one request. Dad, yoshoken, ramen naman tayo, dad, please. Namiss ko na ang ramen. 
Pagrame ng pinag-uusapan, oh, Rafa can run to the ends of the earth. That's how powerful food is. And there's nothing wrong if you would like good food to govern your daily existence. Who wouldn't want good food, right? But for Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, it was a question of allegiance. Who will capture their hearts? They knew that these foods were being offered to the idols, the gods and the goddesses of the Babylonians. And so they chose that, please, let us not compromise on this. Because if the Babylonians capture our stomachs, then everything else will be concluded. They will have our hearts, pretty soon our souls, and pretty much sooner our spirits. So my dear brother Orville Ortego drew for me this beautiful artwork. How these young men, nakakatakam siguro yung fried chicken ng mga Babylonians. Hainanese chicken imported from China. And the best wine of all. And yet they said, please, we don't want to eat that. And it's very important that we discipline ourselves in this, both young men and old alike. In the book of Richard Foster entitled, Celebration of Discipline. One line says, superficiality is the curse of this generation. That everything is palatable. Everything is acceptable. That we don't distinguish anything anymore. We don't discriminate anything anymore. Whatever is laid before us, we just accept it, hook, line, and sinker. Pastor Leo reminded us that if a person does not stand for something, he will fall for anything. Let us not be superficial people. Let us develop disciplines in our lives. And so, Daniel drew that line. He says, I will not defile myself. And yet, his problem was this. Even if he found favor with the head of the eunuchs, the head of the eunuchs just like Daniel and Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego, and yet when they presented their case, Sir, pwede hubang vegetables lang sa amin at tubig lang? This guy who said, you know, guys, I love you. I, I really, there's something unique in you, but kung mamayat kayo at mamutla kayo dahil hindi kayo kumakain ng ipinapakain sa inyo ng hari, eh ako naman ang mapupugutan. That's a classic thinking of pencil pushers, of bureaucrats. You have heard this said in many times, right? Magpapaalong kay kamanong guard. Manong guard, sige na, alam kong curfew na, pero pwede bang lumabas? And then the manong guard would say, kung ako lang, okay, pero ako naman ang, maya, ako naman ang mapapagalitan. If you'd like to talk to, say, somebody from LTO, pwede hubawag na yung sedula dahil wala kasi akong sedula. Hindi, sir, eh, kami ang mapapagalitan. People always are boxed in by the way things are handed over to them. And sometimes, there's this sense of revulsion in us to just shortcut the process. But another thing, if you'd like to stand out in this volatile environment, if you'd like to be distinguished in these times of uncertainties, learn to relate well with people. So Daniel had one proposition to the head of the eunuchs. He just said, then sir, why don't we do it this way? Why don't you try us out for 10 days? 10 days long. And a simple diet of vegetable and water and then after 10 days, compare us with the rest. Kung kami nga naman ay namutlat ng ayayat, then you decide on the basis on, on what you see. You see, 
tact is always a good thing. And tact will always bring you to beautiful places. Don't ever mistake that just because you're talking to unbelievers, don't ever commit the mistake of thinking that just because you're talking to secular people, pwede ka na maging bastos at maging rush at maging uncouthed sa yung pananalita. The more that we should be tactful in the way we communicate with the rest of the world. Because our speech will define us as a people and will make us stand out in a world that's so used to cussing. Okay, merong artista, right? Now, lately, she got the flack of so many million Filipinas because she tweeted about the Philippines at minura niya ang Pilipinas. Of course, she defends herself. But people are so reviled by the seeming commonplace nature of cuss and curses. But when you learn to talk and when you relate, when you learn to relate with people, it makes you stand out amongst the rest. Daniel did just that and accomplished great ends. And so they were given vegetables and water. And what happened? At the end of the 10 days, they were much stronger, they were much robust, and even fatter. Kasi siguro wag ma-discourage mga vegetarian. Kasi si Daniel, oh, nag-intermittent fasting, tubig tsaka vegetables lang. And our reading a while ago said, they even gained weight after 10 days. Meaning, God honors the obedience of His children. When you come to the Lord and aspire to do something that is unique and therefore more difficult, but you do this for the glory of God. God's favor will rest upon you. The supernatural provisions of the Lord will overtake you in all these times of your life. He will even give you favor even before unbelievers, even before people that don't seem to know the God that you worship. Another thing, if you'd like to be distinguished, is to aspire to excel in all things. Remember, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, they were forced to learn the literature and the language of the Chaldeans, it must have been repulsive for them. Many parents would say, Pastor, saan ko ba pag high school ang aking anak? Pwede ba sa isang Christian school lang? Kasi ayoko sa secular. Because they might be interviewed, they might be ushered to new ways of thinking that are not really aligned to the Christian world of you. Now, I'm all for Christian schools. Shikina, my children have been trained in that beautiful school. Faith Academy, my son graduated there for high school. But you see, my friends, if God wills for you to be in a secular university, non-sectarian university, and you will be subjected to teachings of Darwinism or evolution and all these philosophies that are not exactly pro-Christian, if you'd like to stand firm in your being an apologist, your defender of the faith, do not be afraid to excel even in the ways the secular people think. Because how will you be able to defend your own faith if you don't know the attacks being hurled at it by the other viewpoints? Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they excelled in geometry and science and astronomy, even astrology, but it did not infect them. As a matter of fact, when the king interviewed them, he found that these four young men were far more superior than all the other young men from the other nations. And lastly, they learned to work better than others. 
such that whenever the king consulted them on anything, books and life, he found them ten times better than the magicians and the enchanters in his kingdom put together. You see the agony that these four young men had to go through, having to learn what, what do sorcerers do? What do these enchanters have to go through? They had to learn it. But they knew their allegiance was to the God of the heavens and the earth. And they were clear in their non-negotiables. They learned it, they understood it, but they never put their allegiance to it. And so when it came to the real time that they would now be serving the king of Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar saw the distinction of these young men. Ten times better than the rest of their peers. This is a challenge for our young men watching this. You're now going to start your online classes. With online classes will be greater challenges. You know why? Because your teacher only sees your face on the screen. But they don't know the other screen here of Dota that is also playing while you're watching your online class. They don't see the screen of your cell phone that is into Clash of Clans or what is that? Mobile Legend. In the alam ng teacher, nasa ilang level ka na or whatever is your terminology for that. You see, my friends, if you'll just be like the rest of the world, kung nandun pa rin tayo sa kaisipang pwede na, pwede na ang pwede na. Pwede namang mailusot eh. Right? Kunyari, nakatingin ako sa screen camera ng aking laptop, yung pala nakabukas ang ibang tab at nanonood ka at nagbabasa ka ng ibang bagay and you're just faking that you are listening to your teacher. At the end of the day, my friends, sino ang talo? At the end of the day, kung lolokohin mong sarili mo, sino ang niloko mo? Not for Daniel. Daniel dared to stand up. And though they had to go through this painful stage of their lives, when they would have to assimilate into the culture of the Chaldeans, they still dared to draw the distinction. They determined to never defile themselves. In the food that they had to eat, the wine that they were being forced to drink, they determined. But they learned to relate well with their head, with the officers assigned over them. They learned to relate well with people that could make their lives easier or more difficult. They aspired to excel in all things, even the things that were not in accord or in line with their viewpoint, but they learned the ways even of their enemies. And they worked harder, better than others. Difficult. But if we are to stand out in this volatile, uncertain, complex, ambiguous times. Know that God is with you whenever you decide to work for His glory. I'd like us to watch and listen and be blessed by this beautiful song, a rendition of a song named You'll Never Walk Alone, rendered by none other than the quartitas of our Lighthouse Levites. This is Pastor Rio, Dog Shasha, Sister Melody, and Sister Bea. Be blessed.
The reason why we can draw the distinction is because we know we are never alone. We might be ushered into the peaks and the valleys of our lives. Seasons may change. You may be 
finding yourselves all alone in times like this. But you can still stand out when you draw the distinction that you are of the Lord. You may be in this world, but you don't have to be of this world. You develop the great disciplines of life, the discipline of meditation to take care of your mind, the discipline of fasting so that your appetite doesn't have to be ruled by food, the discipline of silence so that you put a rein on this tongue. Young people and older people alike, let me ask you, what disciplines do you need to develop in these moments so that just like Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you can stand out and be the light of the world to shine the glory of Jesus?